Good morning. The members of Faith Lutheran Church welcome you to the 8 o'clock broadcast of our worship service from the Faith Ministry Center Sanctuary. Today is the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. Leading the liturgy this morning is Deacon Dennis Bowman. Preaching this morning is Reverend Dan Taves. We'll be following Lutheran Service Book, Divine Service, Setting 4. You may view or download a copy of the worship folder by visiting www.faithfoxvalley.org. On the home page, click on Resources, then Downloads, then Worship Downloads, and find Traditional Folder for 73023, and click on the box with the cloud. We now join the service already in progress. get us ready for worship, huh? <laughs> well, welcome to the Lord's house, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is good to be together today as we celebrate another day of his grace, his goodness, his glory. I'm glad to see some of you squinting in the sunshine. That means the sun is shining today. A glorious day God has given us, and it is good to be able to give this day to him in our worship and praise. I'm glad you're with us. Uh, I'm Pastor Dan, in case you haven't seen me for a while, uh, one of the pastors here at Faith. I uh, wanted to send you greetings from St. Paul in Manoa. I was able to uh, preach and lead their worship services there last week as Pastor Aaron and Adam were at our two sites. I was free to fill in while their pastor was on vacation. Uh, so their brothers and sisters from St. Manoa and St. Paul wanted me to say hello and, and thank you for sharing one of your pastors with them. It's kind of cool to be able to do that. Um, so a, thing, a few things before we dig in today. Uh, in the summertime, don't forget, if you can't make worship, you can always join us on Monday nights if you're busy on the weekends. Uh, so our Monday night worship continues every Monday here at the Faith Site at 6 o'clock. And we do Holy Communion every night, uh, every Monday there. So if it's a off weekend, a second or a fourth weekend, you can still get the sacrament on Monday night. So don't forget about our Monday night worship. It's still there. Uh, also, uh, I want to let you know about our church picnic, which is coming up very soon. Information on that in your announcement bulletin. That's Saturday, August 5th. If you want to join us for some fun and fellowship, that would be wonderful. And then lastly, this weekend, uh, this week actually, our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is meeting for their uh, national convention. 
We do that uh, every three years, and so we want to remember in our prayers today our leaders and our elected representatives as they uh, talk and pray and as God leads them to decisions. We pray that he would bless that work to the good of our church uh, and the good of the mission to share Jesus with our world. So remember them in your prayers. If you're interested in following along with that, uh, you can get on our Synod website. That's lcms.org, and you can find out more there as well. And if you're into that sort of stuff, God bless you. All right, so uh, let's get busy with worship today. If you're able, we'll open our hymnals to hymn 904 for Blessed Jesus at Your Word, and let's rise as we begin in worship and praise. As Pastor Dan mentioned, our opening hymn is Blessed Jesus at Your Word from Lutheran Service Book number 904. Blessed Jesus at Your Word, we are gathered all to hear You. Let our hearts and souls be stirred now to seek and love and fear You. By your teachings, sweet and holy, drawn from earth to love you solely. And we make our beginnings in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
and the truth is not in us. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who, who can understand it? The first person in human history to fall, fall into the trap of it is, feels good to do it was Eve in the Garden of Eden. Genesis records that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And ever since Adam and Eve's fall, all human hearts have been deceitful of all things and desperately sick. That is the sinful nature we are all born with and still retain. If not for the intervention of Jesus and the gift of his Holy Spirit. Together, as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Well, Almighty God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In his mercy, he has given his son to die for you, and for his sake has forgiven all of your sins. As one of your called and ordained servants of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Thanks be to God. Our next hymn is A Mighty Fortress is Our God from Lutheran Service Book number 657. A mighty fortress is our God, a sword and shield victorious. He breaks the cruel oppressor's rod and wins salvation glorious. The old satanic foe has sworn to work us woe.
Let us pray. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. May I, May I return to the voice of your word in greater and greater ways today, that I may walk the pathway of your will and be once more at peace in my soul. And may I help others to do the same. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah. This is what, what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where, there, where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its true roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It le its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will be reading the uh, Psalm 1 rather than responsibly. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Nor so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the end of the reading. Please rise for the Alleluia verse. according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus said this, he looked toward the heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those who have given him. Now this is, this is eternal life, that they might know you 
and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world, for I'm, I sanctify myself, and they too may be truly sanctified. This is the word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, friends, it is good to be with you as we continue our summer sermon series. Uh, if you pull out your outline of the sermon that you've received when you came in today, you know our sermon series is Rethinking the Lies We Believe. And uh, each weekend, we've been taking a time to look at some of the misperceptions and lies and philosophies that we hear and are bombarded with every day and bringing God's word of truth to those lies. And today, our lie is this, my feelings equal truth. In other words, it's this idea that if it feels good to me, then it's true. If it feels bad to me, then it must be wrong. As if my feelings determine what's right or wrong in our lives and in our world. It is a very prevalent lie that is just all around us every day today. That you decide what you think is right or wrong. Your feelings determine what's true. And those feelings and those beliefs that we have turn into what we call worldviews, right? Our feelings and our beliefs sort of determine what we call a worldview, and that's how we look at things in the world. So today I want to look at some of the lies, some of the false worldviews that come to us when we believe the lie that I determine what's right or wrong, that how I feel about things is what makes something correct or incorrect. So let's just first be sure we're clear about what a worldview is. A worldview is just a belief that I build about how things work in the world. A worldview is what you think about relationships, what you think about time, what you think about money, what you think about your purpose in life, what you think about how other people should or shouldn't treat you. That's what a worldview is. And everybody has a worldview. Whether you know it or not, we all operate on some worldview, some belief or feeling. So maybe you remember the movie Forrest Gump, right? Forrest had a worldview. It was this, life is like a box of chocolates. That's a worldview, right? It's an, uh, a belief that, that you never know what's going to come in life. You never know what you're going to get from day to day. Call that a worldview, right? So everybody's got a worldview. So what is your worldview? And how did you come to that worldview? That's where we want to kind of drill in today and really look at this because God has given us a worldview. 
We see it in the scriptures in the Bible. And in this worldview of this idea of God's love for us in Jesus, we hear that he has created us and made us new. That when we were baptized, right, that we became a new person, a new creature, a new uh, worldview was created in our hearts and our minds by God himself. And this worldview is simple, that God made us and that God loves us and that God sent his son Jesus to forgive our sins and mistakes and that Jesus rose again from the dead so that we might rise and live with him forever. And that worldview is what God would have, have us shape all of our lives, thinking and beliefs around that God loves us and Jesus died for us and heaven is our home. And because of that, we have a purpose. So the goal is going to be then to stay zeroed in on this new creature, this new creation that God has made us, the gift of God in Jesus Christ, and to turn off the old tapes, stop believing the lies in the false worldviews. So let's just take a few minutes to run through what some of those lies, some of those false worldviews are that we want to turn off so that we can live in the way that God has made us to live. So you'll see I have six of them on the top of your outline that we're going to work through today. The first worldview can be summarized in the word more. More, more, more. <laughs> if you're going to fill in blanks, this worldview is called materialism. You can write there in the blank under one. The one with the most toys wins. It's this belief that life is all about getting more, gathering more, having more. Materialists believe in life, liberty, and the purchase of happiness. Right? If I can't afford it, that's okay. I have a credit card. And the materialist always confuses our value with our valuables. And these are two separate things. And we think if we have more, we're worth more. But that's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Your net worth and your self-worth are not the same thing. Right? Do you know this? What you have doesn't determine how valuable you are to God and how important you are here in this world. Jesus just loved to challenge these false lies and these false worldviews. Often when Jesus was teaching, you'd hear him say something like this. You have heard it said, but I say unto you. And every time he does that, he's confronting a false idea, a false philosophy, a false worldview. And so look at the verse I printed under the materialism for you. Jesus said in Luke 12, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. If you're living to get more, you're not really living. The greatest things in life are not things. We'll find out a little bit more what really matters. So the first false worldview that we live in, I mean, do you feel this tension in your, our world at all, anybody? Right? It's all around us, isn't it? The first lie, the first worldview is materialism. The second this is this. I've got to think of me first. That's a worldview, right? That everything is about me. I need to take care of myself first. You know the word for that is called individualism. Write that in the blank. Individualism. I think of me first. We live in a me first mentality kind of world. Serve yourself is first, and then if you have anything left, serve others. 
All of our commercials cater to this kind of viewpoint, don't they? That it's all about you. Have it your way, they say. We do it all for you. Obey your thirst. You've got to think of what's best for yourself. You deserve it. The last 40 or so years of our generation have often been called the me generation. Have you heard that before? The me generation. Because it's all about me. This is individualism. Individualism teaches and says, I don't care about you. I care about me. I don't care what this does to you. I don't care what position this puts you in because I've got to take care of me. It's a total self-centered, individualistic way of life that ignores the community. It ignores our needs and responsibility to other people. It's all about what's best for me. Again, Jesus challenged this worldview, this way of thinking so often. The verse I printed in your outline, Jesus said, if you try to keep your life for yourself, in other words, if you think it's all about you, he said, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find true life. See, what Jesus teaches is that significance does not come from status or salary or from success but it comes from serving, from serving him and serving one another. So he challenged this idea of individualism and said it's not about that. It's about serving God and serving one another. Third worldview that we see around us all the time is this. Do whatever feels good. We have a word for that too. It's called hedonism. Hedonism. Hedonism is this live for pleasure, live to have fun, Cindy Lauper had a great song called Girls Just Want to Have Fun, right? That's this idea of hedonism. If you're living for pleasure, that's what you want. If you're, you want to avoid bad and suffering at all times. And if you live this way, right, your feelings then become the judge of everything. You're living for pleasure. So the number one goal in life of the hedonist is to feel good, to live for comfort, to have pleasure and not feel any pain or suffering. Well, think about this. Again, God, Jesus challenges this. He's the one who created pleasure, but it's not the goal of life. Pleasure is not the goal of life. It's the benefit of living the kind of life that God wants you to live. Right? Do you understand that? Pleasure is never the goal. It's the byproduct of doing the right thing. When we do God's will, when we do the right thing, then God brings us pleasure and joy. So again, Jesus, or the Word of God says this, if you, if you are addicted to thrills, what an empty life. The pursuit of pleasure is never satisfied. All right, the next worldview we often feel around us is this, whatever works for you, right? It might not be right with me, but if it's okay with you, that's okay, right? You just be you and I'll be me. We have a word for that too. You know what that's called? Pragmatism. Pragmatism is just living just to do whatever is good for you. You determine what's right or wrong. If it ma doesn't matter if it hurts someone else or not, if it works for you, fine. We have a little phrase for this. We say different strokes for different folks, right? It just doesn't matter. Whatever works for you. In our multicultured world, in our pluralistic world, this is really popular today because nobody wants to say anymore, what you're doing is not right. 
We're embarrassed or afraid to tell someone what they're doing is not healthy, is not good for them or for our world. In fact, the only thing that's wrong in our society today, what a lot of people believe is to tell them they're doing something wrong. That's what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right? So if you're telling someone you're wrong, then you're wrong. It's really all about what works for you. That's pragmatism. Again, the Bible has a word for that. It says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. It seems right. It might work for you, but in the end it leads to death. For example, I might say, I don't believe in gravity. But if I get in a tree and jump, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to crash. Because it doesn't matter what I believe. Truth doesn't depend on my feelings or what works for me. Truth is truth no matter what. All right, the next one is God doesn't exist or God doesn't matter. This is the word for this we have is materialism, or you could even call it atheism. That, that would work as well, right? Um, so here's the rule we find out about this. People think today is that they are their own God. They believe that they are the determiner of their own future, that you're your own God, that you're the master of your own universe is very popular in the United States today. This worldview says, I'm the master of my fate. I am the determiner of my destiny. I am in charge. It's a lot of self-help stuff, a lot of new age stuff, a lot of thinking that you're divine. And, you know, we like to hear that. We like to hear that we have control. But again, that's not what the Bible teaches us. Look at, look at the verse from Romans 1. From the beginning of creation, God has shown that he is what he is like by all he has made. That's why these people don't have any excuse. They know about God, but they don't honor him or even thank him. They claim to be wise, but they are fools. I love that little verse. They claim to be wise, but they are fools. We think we know what's best. We think we know the way things should feel, the way things should work. But whenever we do that, we're fools. Because as we confessed earlier, we're broken, we're sinful. We can't know what's best or what's right, but God does. So take a look at these six worldviews, materialism, individualism, hedonism, pragmatism, and materialism. They are all around us. Can you deny that you don't feel these things, the tug, the pull in your life and these sort of worldviews? So what's the answer? Oh, I have one more. You are your own God is humanism. Uh, oh, I just talked about that. Sorry, I think I skipped one, didn't I? Well, okay, we're moving on to point two. <laughs> How do I know what's true? Right, this is the bottom line. Of all the views, all the words, all the philosophies, how do you know what's true? I bet you know what to fill in this blank. It's through Jesus, isn't it? It's through Jesus that we understand real truth. Right, it's about him. He's the one who tells us what's right or what's wrong. And here's the part that I just love. Truth is not an idea. Truth is a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. When, when we have a relationship with Jesus, when we know him, when he loves us, when he's a part of our lives, right, when that happens, we can hear him saying these words, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. See, the truth is a person. So the more we know Jesus, 
the more that we fall in love with Jesus, the more we have a relationship with Jesus, the more that we feel his, um, his forgiveness in our lives, the more that we come to him with all of our brokenness and sins and let him wash us clean, the more we are wrapped around uh, uh, his arms, wrapped around us in love, the easier it is to understand his truth, to understand who he is, to understand our purpose in the world. See, it all comes from a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who loves us dearly and teaches us what's right or wrong and helps us through this nutty world in which we live. So friends, I pray today that as you move through life that your ears are open to the lies, to the falsehoods, the false worldviews, that you're not guided or directed by what you feel but you're guided and directed by the love of God shown to you so beautifully in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you as we work through all of this together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all, if you would stand, we'll continue as we confess the truth of what we believe about our triune God today in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, light of light, light, of light. very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And now we come to our God in prayer, knowing that he always hears us and always answers according to what he knows is best. We bow our heads. O oh, gracious Lord, Heavenly Father God, as we gather together today, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, into our world because he is the way and the truth and the life. Help us to rely on him and his word to guide and lead and direct us through all of the milieu of voices we hear around us this day so that in all things, our words and our actions may always be consistent with the truth of who he is and what he has done for us and the purpose he has given us. Hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. And Lord, we pray today for those who are struggling with health issues, for those facing surgery, recovering from surgery, or just those with aches and pains. 
Today, we lift up to you Jack Gillespie as he recovers, Jim Dreyer as he also recovers, and Ken Bain, and all those listed on our ongoing health and healing prayer page. Lord, in their time of need, we pray you would reach down with your gift of healing and your love. Hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. We rejoice today with little Hudson Lee Thiel and family as they will be, little Hudson will be brought to the font of holy baptism. And as you wash him clean and make him new, we pray that it would be the beginning of your presence and strength in his, his and his family's life. Hear us, O God, for your mercy is great. And Lord, today we pray for our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod National Convention that as our leaders and as all of our elected representatives meet and talk and pray and discuss, that your Holy Spirit would be in their midst to guide and lead them in the way you would have us go, so that our church uh, in the world, our churches in our cities, and that our church, Faith Lutheran Church, may always uh, be a light of grace and goodness in our world. Hear us, O God for your mercy is great. And now into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now please be seated. As we receive our offerings, I want to thank you for your gifts. Uh, these are the gifts we use to make Jesus known, the truth in our world today. So thank you for joining us in that mission, and thank you for your giving. For those joining us through our radio program or online stream, you may give by mail to the church office or online at www.faithfoxvalley.org give or text to give at 920-280-1030. Our offering hymn today is Speak, O Lord, Your Servant Listens from Lutheran Service Book 589.
And now, if you're able, would you stand as we thank God for these offerings we have brought forward to his altar this day. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we prepare to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the very night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you. And please share that peace with one another before you are seated and come to the Lord's table. The members of the congregation are greeting one another in the name of the Lord, saying, Peace be with you as a sign of reconciliation and of the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. 
May the peace of the Lord also be with those of you in our radio and online audiences. first communion hymn this morning is Lord Jesus Christ we humbly pray from Lutheran service book 623 Lord Jesus Christ we humbly pray that we may feast on you today beneath these forms of bread and wine enrich us with your grace divine
Our next communion hymn is I Know My Faith is Founded from Lutheran Service Book 587. I know my faith is founded on Jesus Christ, my God and Lord, and this my faith confessing, unmoved I stand on his sure word. Our reason cannot fathom the truth of God profound, who trusts in human wisdom relies on shifting ground. God's word is all sufficient, it makes divinely sure, and trusting in its wisdom, my faith shall rest secure.
Again, would you please rise? And now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep, Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now as you go out into the world armed with the truth of God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's closing hymn is Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer, from Lutheran Service Book, number 918. We thank you for joining us for today's worship service from the Faith Ministry Center of Faith Lutheran Church. All the members of Faith Lutheran Church invite you to join us for any of our worship services. We would enjoy sharing the time with you. For ministry center locations, worship and education times, and other ministry opportunities, please visit our website at www.faithfoxvalley.org or call the church office at 920-739-9191. Any communication regarding this broadcast can be directed to Stephen Moore, Director of Worship, Faith Lutheran Church, 601 East Glendale Avenue, Appleton, Wisconsin, 54911. Until we meet again, may the Lord bring you peace.